0: big board i'm your host matt hicks the ff educator joined here by john Lobb, the gridiron scholar this is our senior bowl tight ends episode the final episode in our senior bowl preview series john i gotta admit we almost didn't give tight ends their own episode but looking at the group here looking at what the nfl is telling us about some of these top tight end prospects We realized that the depth and strength of this tight end class was too good to pass over here, even though it's not always the flashiest fantasy football position. Legitimately, three or four of the guys in Mobile have the chance to be actual fantasy football contributors on your roster. It's probably the best overall fantasy football tight end class we've seen in three, four years And it's going to include two guys here, John, that we're going to talk about that have the chance to potentially be tight end one or two off the board when it comes to this April's NFL draft. So I'm excited to get into it, John. I know you like the big guys.
1: You know, last year at the Senior Bowl, Greg Dulcich finally popped and then he did very well at the Combine. So all of a sudden... He was my number two at the end of the process. I had liked him at UCLA, but I had questions about his athletic ability. But we saw what he did as a rookie in the NFL. Isaiah Likely, Jelani Woods, Cade Otten. We had rookies. Oh, Jake Ferguson played for the Cowboys. I think he scored one or two touchdowns this year. Daniel Bellinger, who was at the Senior Bowl last year. It was a decent class, and I'm not even talking about Jake or Trey McBride of the Cardinals, who was the first tight end taken. I think this year's class is stronger, Matt. I think, and we're not even going to touch upon Michael Myers, who's at the top of my rankings. He, I I think, he's a third year player, that's why he's not the senior He played three years, yeah, he played three years of college. So I love the depth. If you need a tight end, and we know we need him in Dynasty, right. So everyone's looking for that Kelsey Kittle, Zach Ertz-type player. We have some
0: talent here. I'm looking forward to talking about it, Matt. All right, we're going to start here with Utah's Dalton Kincaid, John. Kincaid has an outside chance of being a first-round NFL draft pick. I feel more comfortable projecting him as a top 50 to top 75-type guy. But, John, he's your classic Y tight end, right, He's the type of tight end that you want for fantasy football. He's fluid. He's athletic. You can He can move all around the field, right? So, you know, Kate at the NFL level, John, you can put him split in. He could put his hand in the ground. You could line him up out wide. You can put him in motion. He's going to be a flexible guy. So if he ends up in one of these offenses with a creative-minded head coach, I think the NFL is starting to catch on more and more how much the tight end can be a mismatch piece right? And you pair that up with Kincaid's ability to make defenders miss in space. When he catches the ball, John, after the catch, great contact balance, all right? He's got good hands. He's not phased catching the ball through contact. He's got a large frame, and he could go up and get off-target balls, all right? Now, as a blocker, he fires off the line of scrimmage, He's an aggressive blocker. He displays the ability to drive defensive backs back. He's not going to be the most cherished blocker, and maybe that actually helps us for fantasy football purposes. He's probably going to be employed in a two-tight end system as the guy going out catching the passes. We saw what Isaiah likely did this year at times for the Baltimore Ravens with his
1: ability as a pass catcher. And he filled in admirably when Mark Andrews wasn't there. And I think, what did he have, like a nine-catch game? The second to last or the last game of the year before the playoffs? Dalton Kincaid is a more explosive athlete, in my opinion, than Isaiah Likely. He is a wide tight end, in in no question in my book about that. 6'4", 240, Matt. He exceeds a lot of the benchmarks that I'm looking for. If you could see the Scholar's key stats, everyone, he had a 73% catch rate. He had 27.1% aerial dominator this year from a tight end. He beat a lot of wide receivers. Now, part of it is the Utes' offense. They run the ball and they throw the ball to the tight end. But Kincaid was still very, very good there. Averaged over his career 13.2 yards per reception. He only had 107 career catches. But, Matt, if he had been healthy this year, he might have ended up with like 125, 130. Kincaid's the real deal. And I never, I don't look too often. I'm not, a, it's a little early for me to look at mock drafts. I still need to do other and more research. But, Der, Daryl, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL, Had Dalton Kincaid as a number one tight end in this year's draft, which I was blown away by as a first round pick. I don't have him graded that higher, but someone in the NFL seems to like him a lot.
0: A lot of people like this guy too, John, Luke Musgrave. If we're talking tiers, Kincaid and Musgrave are going to be in that same tier of guys, right? We're going to spend a lot of time in this episode at the top of this Senior Bowl group, and we're going to kind of work quickly through the back end. But Luke Musgrave, John, he's athletic here. You have it here on his note card as a member of Feldman's Freak List. I've heard some folks think that his 40 time is going to rival, you know, the middle of the wide receiver group here, okay? So he's going to have the ability to really catch the eyes. And you know how it works, John, when you run fast – You catch the eye of NFL front offices, and fantasy football Twitter is not far behind, right? So I think folks are going to be excited about uh, Musgraves' athleticism here. He's flying a little under the radar uh, because he only played in, I believe, two games in 2022. Uh, He suffered a season-ending injury, but it was at the start of the season. So I believe he's 100%. He's going to be healthy for the combine, all that. You're looking at an athletic tight end, John fires off the line of scrimmage quickly he moves well with his large frame uh 6'6, 250 here and i just mentioned that there's there's chatter he's going to rival some wide receivers here in 40 time smooth navigating around the field okay he can move east west he can move north south he's a reliable target he's got consistent hands here uh really was targeted a lot at oregon state underneath He's going to be a nice safety net for an NFL quarterback, but he does show the ability to be a downfield threat. He can run a nice corner route uh, and he does display the ability here uh, to go up and win balls in contested catch situations here. So Musgrave, I think if he took his rookie ADP right now, he might be in the fourth round or not even in it. I'm telling you by the time we get to rookie draft season, Musgrave's going to be landing right in that third round. Uh, fourth round at the latest in fantasy football drafts.
1: I think he's going to go and have a Mike Gisecki, Pat Fryer, Muth combine mat, which is just going to open up so many people's eyes. The NFL loves this guy. You put him in your production models and he's not going to highlight. You're not going to sit there and be like, whoa, look at him. Career reception's 47 context folks everything is context Oregon State does not throw the football <clears throat> if you watch Beavers football they run the ball and they've been doing it for a really long time we just saw Isaiah Hotchkiss right make a big difference coming from Oregon State took him a while to get on the field so you're not going to sit there and plug him in two career touchdowns and you're not going to be like, oh, my God, there's no question. He's not going to do that for you. Career catch percentage, 55%. Viewers, name uh Oregon State quarterback in the last three years when Luke Musgrave was there. Context matters. Bruce Feldman's freak list, number 27. The NFL scouts love him. 6'6", 250. You mentioned it, Matt. He's very good with the ball in his hands after the catch. And I'll tell you why he might be in the third round, Matt. He can play on special teams from day one. This is a young man who can help out your team in so many ways. He can be your number two tight end. He can play on your special teams. This is someone who can help your team immediately, which puts him on the field, which hopefully gets us the fantasy points quicker down the road.
0: All right, John, I'm a big fan of Payne Durham out of Purdue as well. I think he's going to end up being a really cheap option. uh, Probably back end of the fourth round in rookie drafts. You know, if you're playing in a, a 16 teamer or your rookie draft goes five or six rounds, I think then Payne might be a little bit more in play. But I wouldn't be shocked, John, if he ends up, you know, right at the top of day three in terms of his NFL draft capital. I think he uses his large frame well, he's a physical presence over the middle of the field. He'll consistently put his body in a position to win, and he holds on well through contact. Reliable hands, shows the ability to go and get off-target passes. He isn't overly athletic in terms of speed and fluidity, but he does display a good vertical ability, which is always great when you pair it with a 6'5 radius here. So I think Payne is certainly a guy who's going to hang around his depth on an NFL roster for a good amount of time.
1: There's no question. You mentioned it he can play and help you in lots of different ways with his size and his athletic ability. I've, I don't think he's going to test off the charts, Matt, but the NFL is going to like his ability to block at the line of scrimmage and you can play him at the Y and at the H back spot. So you're talking about a young man who your offense can be employed in many different ways. My production model likes him. 126 career receptions look at that catch percentage Matt 72 percent 14.3 percent dominator rating as a tight end I started seeing him a little bit with Rondell Moore when he was a Boilermaker scouting him but then last year scouting David Bell I saw a lot of Payne Durham and I will say this when you watch the Boilermakers this year he has these massive games like against Syracuse. He was really good against Syracuse. When they put him in the game plan and they targeted him heavily, Payne Durham came through. You know, Matt, I was thinking about this. He could be a nice giant. Like, he's the guy who you could play with Daniel Bellinger. If the Giants don't want to pay high draft capital for a tight end, you have Bellinger, team him up with another player, and you could have some production at that position. He has a role in the NFL, Matt
0: all right john next up is cameron latu out of alabama latu is another guy with a nice versatile skill set all right latu reliable hands when alabama targeted him underneath uh, you could see him being an effective route runner when running curls when running outs he positions himself well boxes out defenders Uh, Lattu shows the ability to extend for off target passes not gonna you know, burn in the way that Musgrove uh, might and the 40-yard dash, but he is fluid, John, and for the tight end position, I think he moves pretty well. Alabama lined him up all around the field, split in, out wide, in line, even lined him up as an H-back at times. I think that versatility is going to make him valuable for an NFL roster, right? It may, however, limit his fantasy football production. We're going to talk about that uh, with another uh, tight end here where sometimes you could be almost too versatile uh, for fantasy football purposes. But uh, he can gain some nice yards after the catch. I think there's some nice upside with Latu. I think Latu is the type of guy that goes down to Mobile and can bump up his draft stock in a nice way.
1: I think the athleticism is there. If you look on the chart, he came in as a defensive end as a member of the Crimson Tide. They moved them over to tight end pretty quickly. But Matt, I have a little bias here because I've been burned by O.J. Howard and Irv Smith. They haven't transitioned as much as I thought to the NFL level. Nick Saban and that offense has not developed the tight ends as well as they've done the wide receivers. You know, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy, all those young men who played wide receiver have been so good in the NFL. It has not worked at the tight end position. I think Latu needs more experience. I think he ends up as a taxi player. You know, I'm not I have a day three grade. There might be a a team that likes the athleticism. There are parts of his game I like, but I think overall i'm i'm out unless he ends in a perfect landing spot you know if he was with josh allen maybe i could consider him right someone who a system that uses a tight end like they use dawson knox but i do have my concerns but hey if if he moved up in the day two which i don't expect but if he did then i would have to take him a deeper look at the young man
0: all right, John. Uh, Braden Willis out of Oklahoma here, a little bit more of a depth piece that we're talking about here, but a nice frame 6'4, 240. What do you got here on the tight end coming out of Oklahoma? He's a wide receiver.
1: He, I, he's I don't think he's capable of an inline block. I mean, he'll put his body there, but we know to block defensive ends and outside linebackers at the NFL level. You really got to have some size and you got to be able to anchor and move a player, right? I don't think he has that. But when I was studying him, I will say this. He was better than I thought as a pass catcher. Oklahoma weren't they six and six? They weren't very good this year and they didn't have great ride receivers other than Marvin Mims. So Brandon Willis got an opportunity. His numbers were better than I expected, yards per reception, that's pretty nice. 13 career touchdowns, I'm impressed by that. 61% catch percentage, aerial dominator, 15%. So there is upside here. He was second team, all Big 12, but he's undersized at 240 pounds. Let's see what he does at the Senior Bowl and the draft capital that he gets.
0: All right, John, this next guy up here is gaining a pretty good momentum uh, in terms of NFL draft capital. That's Davis Allen coming out of Clemson. You know, you look at Allen, you do see somebody who I think is probably more enticing from an NFL perspective. I think front offices uh, and coaching staffs here are going to want to see him with his hand in the ground at the next level. Uh, He's a good blocker here, technically sound, uh, really was a subtle contributor for Clemson, but an offense, John, that's never really highlighted the tight end in terms of, you know, targeting them. So, you know, we have the potential here for Allen to be a a higher producer at the NFL level than necessarily he was at the college level.
1: Yeah, there might be a team, because if you watch him, he's pretty good. He's physical. He can be aggressive. I don't think he's a, he's not Michael Meyer blocker. You know, he's not going to shut down the defensive end. I think he can perform at it. I don't think he's going to be great. He almost looks more as a pass catch. He kind of looks like a Y, but he does have the body at 250. Maybe you put on five to 10 pounds somewhere in there. His numbers are nice. 88, not great. 12 touchdowns, but look at that, Matt. Only 10.8 yards per reception. He's got nice hands with a 76% catch rate. So I think he's interesting and a team might really like him as day three value in like that
0: fifth or sixth round of the draft. All right, John, this is what I would call a fantasy football grenade here. All right, <laughs> we've this lesson. All right, this is Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati and I like this tight end, all right? You watch his film and you get excited because you see that combination of size, that pass catching prowess. You see some good handwork here through the midfield. He reacts well to off-target passes, Uh, you know, but here's the problem, John. He is reliable in pass protection. He displays a good anchor, a good range with his footwork, all right, and he displays good handwork. He finishes through blocks. The senior bulls already come out and said he's going to play a little bit of fullback. This is a no go for fantasy football. You hear that term, that H back, that fullback, you're done with them. All right. Because once they get to the NFL, they, they are good NFL pieces. They're not useful for your fantasy football roster. So although he was a fun college player and I do think there are folks who are going to get excited about his athleticism, I think he's going to be just another one of these guys that once they get to the NFL, they're just not contributing production.
1: Matt to hear that he might transition to fullback slash H back. That is a very worrisome sign. <laughs> there is just no fantasy value in that position. I always left wanting more from Josh wild. I remember him at Cincinnati. Desmond Ritter was there. I thought he was a nice college fantasy football player to roster as a late round flyer. He never achieved the success from a production standpoint. Because look at that, Matt. He was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list, which kind of, no pun intended, freaked me out. I was like, wow, he must be very athletic, right? And he was a national champion as, as a high jumper in high school. So clearly there's athleticism here but the NFL is telling us that they have questions about his pass catching ability as a tight end at the NFL level.
0: All right, John, one more to finish it off here with good measure. I saved Will Mallory. You know, if you're Wait. playing the Devi landscape, Hey, it's Will Mallory. He's finally relevant. Okay. We waited long enough, but I mean, this was a high profile recruit. Johnny lands at the U. We were excited about his ability to be targeted. Um, and you know, he did produce John. I think it was more a result of the offense here. So I think this is a guy who could really benefit from exposure, right? I don't know where to place an NFL draft value on him right now. I don't think it's any higher than, you know, early day three, but he could go down to mobile show out and, you know, really be considered as closer to the start of day three, as opposed to more in that UDFA round seven territory.
1: At one time, Miami was tight end. You Jeremy Shockey, Kellen Winslow Jr., Greg Olson. They put some serious talent into the NFL at the turn of the 21st century Now, Miami's not what they used to be. The program has fallen on a little, you know, a little difficult times recruiting down there. And Mallory came on as one of their highest recruits. I mean, I was excited about him. I really thought he would explode as a college fantasy football tight end. He never really did it. He was good, but not great. 115 career receptions. That's nice. 13.4 yards per catch. That's nice. 14 career touchdowns, okay. Aerial dominator, 18.7%. So there are parts to this young man's game I like and find intriguing. To me, it'll all be about draft capital or the reports from the senior bowl and athleticism at the combine. What if he goes out and has a Greg Dulcich type combine? I don't, the athleticism looks very good, but let's see what he actually does I do have hope still that he could be a difference maker, but we have a lot to see before I can make that statement.
0: John, I'll tell you what's a difference maker. The resource is available at patreon.com slash rookie big board. Just $3 a month gets you access to the full profiles of all these players. Over 100 rookies already ranked. Access to our active Discord channel, John. And we now have the release date for the 2023 Rookie Guide here. Volume 1 is available March 31st here. Over 100 pages of rookie insights on just three dollars a month and you actually can save 15 percent with an annual membership over at patreon.com slash rookie big board as always we appreciate you checking out this episode of the rookie big board